Hi everyone, welcome to episode eight of Four Women Podcast. Um, we have a guest episode today and it is with Michelle Rose Boxley. So hi Michelle. Hello. Hello. Um, if you don't know Michelle and her work, she is a priestess. She facilitates women's circles. And she is the uh, kind of creator of Sisters of the Moon, which is her temple space where you can find her insightful blogs, her zines, her online courses about various different things to do with seasonal living, to do with the moon, um, astrology. And she has a way with words. So I would certainly recommend reading anything that she has written because it is always beautiful. Um, you also have amazing um, playlists on Spotify as well, which I always get stuck into as well. So I like those. And um, she's a yoga teacher at Soul Charlotte in Stourbridge. For anyone who's local, they might know. And she's an illustrator and an artist as well. So she's got a book club. I've got my notes here remembering. Um, there's lots of things going on with <laughs> Shell. She's amazing. And um, I have mentioned her before in the podcast. So actually in the last one, which is about Scorpio, I talked about my journey with seasonal living and Shell being one of the teachers who really helped me to connect to the rhythms and changing your pace and living seasonally to your restore January uh, retreat you did um which was so beautiful and it actually feels like a that was this January but feels years ago <laughs> um Doesn't yes it, it does like gosh yeah. so yes welcome to the podcast and thank you for um being happy to come and talk about your work Thank you very much for having me. It's really nice to be here and for such a lovely introduction as well. Oh, you know, I could talk a lot about everything that you do because you do loads of stuff. So um, and then it also needs to be said that we're not joined just by Shell today. We also are joined by her little baby moon in her belly. <laughs> so, yeah, she's <laughs> currently how many months pregnant or weeks? So seven, seven months pregnant. Uh 29 weeks I think 30 weeks on Thursday oh and um you know that it's a little girl as well don't you yes so yes, we're we adding do. to the for women energy here um yes exactly <laughs> little princess yes. in training oh yeah she's getting all these vibes um so yeah do you want to say hello and I know that you've mentioned there may be dog sounds in the background so you can let us know who you're home with right now Yes, so um, yeah, I was just warning um, Harriet before because sometimes I can have a really peaceful time when I'm doing like my online classes or recordings and at other times it's like complete <laughs> chaos because we have uh, a very um, enthusiastic staffy um, who's very noisy and then we have, um, he's like a, a wolf dog uh, who isn't as noisy but just creates chaos in different ways <laughs> um and then my husband uh like part-time he sort of works from home and then he's also a, a teacher as well so he's in his 
uh, music studio today and sometimes he sort of barges in without realizing that I'm doing things on <laughs> <laughs> recording things online so um yes just if there's any strange noises that's what's going on don't you worry I also have the cats who whilst I teach they will shout relentlessly at the door and then if I go to open the door they don't bother coming in they literally just want to know that they have access to all areas so <laughs> That's it, isn't it? They just want to know that they're still a priority, exactly. <laughs> even if you're doing it. That's the life of lockdown with pets. <laughs> yes. So I wanted, um, before we kind of de- d- dive deeply into your offerings at the moment, I thought it'd be really nice for people to hear about the journey that you've come on to come to the place where you are now. And I know that when so I've been to your women's circles in Stourbridge when they were held physically at the Soul Shala and I think it was there that I first heard about your um some of your roots and your background actually lying in Buddhism because you had quite a clear understanding of the Buddhist uh, ways of regarding and connecting to some of the different theories and things that you talk about so if you're happy to do you want to start there and tell us about how Buddhism was probably one of your, I don't know if it was your first actually spiritual world. You can go back further, um, but just opening the floor for you, darling. Ah, thank you. Yeah, so um, it probably was, I think in, in probably in truth, yoga was the first thing that I kind of connected to spiritually. Um, but um, Buddhism sort of took on a, a little bit of a life of its own for me. Um, so I get a little bit confused now with like dates and years and, and things, but, um, that's fine. <laughs> I, no, no one's back I know, you, babe, like, about what, your life. <laughs> how old am I? What's going on? It's also like the pregnancy mind fog as well. Where I'm oh, like, of course. I don't know where yeah. I am. Um, but so but basically like I left, um, I left the UK when I was 19 and I was meant to be, um, I say meant, this was something that I put on myself where I was like I'm just gonna go to Australia for um I think we said six months it was me and um a really close friend from from school and we're like we'll go for for six months to Australia and and just travel and um and then come back and the idea was that I would go on to um to uni and I really wanted to do illustration at university um we got to Sydney and I just kind of fell in love with it really and I didn't want to leave mm. <laughs> and I was like I knew I had to because you I think visas are only uh, I think you get like a year um to go over there so anyway uh I ended up falling um falling for a, an Aussie bloke mm. and um <laughs> sort of actually ended up settling down um in in Australia and I lived uh I think when I count it all up because I had to come home at certain intervals I think it was there for almost nine years oh wow I didn't realize it had been that long yeah I I was talking about the other day with my mum was like I was actually gone like almost um yeah almost a decade of of my life and one of the things that I I loved so much about Sydney and we, we we lived at Bondi which was pretty um incredible as well was just this holistic living you know the there's so many yoga studios there's so many um you know spiritual places and healthy living is just kind of in abundance there and um 
so I sort of started getting really, really into yoga, practicing a lot. And then, so Jake, who was my partner at the time, he got really interested in Buddhism and had started going to this, um, it's like a temple really, but um, a little bit more like a yoga studio, but the Buddhist equivalent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, and then I got really into it as well. And um, just, we, we sort of both got, um, sort of like fascinated in it and it became such an important part of my life at that time and it was it, I was in my early 20s and I remember like having like quite a lot of anxiety at that time and um, you know just trying to make sense of the world and it had really like having a meditation practice and those teachings had really helped me at that time um, so then I got asked if I wanted to train as a teacher so sort of started getting like more and more involved in um in the sort of faith and then the faith in practice and then wanting to share that with others so I ended up teacher training um with with that particular center and that went on for a few years and then they asked me if I'd like to go to Melbourne um and set up a new temple in the middle of the city center and uh I just thought, well, <laughs> why not? Mm. Like, it might be an interesting, <laughs> an interesting thing to go and do. Um, one of those, like, again, like scary, almost like rites of passage moment because I didn't know anybody in Melbourne, and I'd got like my whole life was in Sydney, and it was a big pull um, to to leave all of that um behind to go and help set up this uh this project over there so I went on my own um and sort of committed myself and you know every kind of ounce of energy I had to helping set up the space and teaching in the space and and this is where like my kind of I don't know my love for that way of life just started to disintegrate a little bit because it was the more you got involved with that um, kind of tradition and their kind of way of doing things, it just felt a little bit like you had to give absolutely everything all of the time. And I, I don't actually know how many hours a week I was working, but it was bonkers. Um, I think I was doing like six or seven days a week, 12 hour mm. days. And um it just it just got too much and I ended up getting burnt burnt out basically um and kind of coming home and to the UK and pretty much just wanting to like start all over again (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it was it's one of those things I would like I, I, I loved it so much and it gave me so much and to have been able to immerse myself in a spiritual life like that for so long because in Melbourne I actually lived like in the rainforest in the temple um and then I would drive into the city on the days where I was at the city center and you know it was a real magical experience but at the same time like physically like not sustainable um and I think like going back to your question of like when we were talking before about that kind of move towards the mm-hmm. feminine for me that's that was like my first inkling of like this doesn't feel quite right it feels very dogmatic and there's no sense of 
you know, the time for rest and a time to give. It was all go, all give, all the time, like very masculine. Um, and I felt very at odds with it in the end. Um, so, yeah, so I just sort of ended up coming back to the UK. Um, me, me and my partner had, had broken up at that point. So everything, it was like that dark night of the soul thing. You know, you just come home with your tail between your legs and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> but to just start from complete scratch um so I ended up being at my parents quite a few months I was just so poorly um with with this burnout and then I was like right like this I need to like find a way of integrating my spirituality with a life that is nourishing for me as well um and then that's when I decided to train as a yoga teacher oh so I think I recall you saying as well that did women who run with the wolves somehow come in, into the story? Like, was it you that said you read that and it was like a bit of a yeah. light bulb moment where you were like, ah, this is what's missing from my spiritual life? Yeah, that is exactly what happened. So I remember, so it, one night someone had given me uh, that book and I was reading it one night in my room at this temple in the rainforest and it was a particularly I was having a particularly bad you know night or a bad week just feeling very isolated and very tired and a little bit kind of uh broken mm. <laughs> and then um, I can't remember it may have been the Laloba story mm, finding um, your bones yeah and um I mean every single thing that Dr Clarissa says in that book I find like shakes me to my core anyway so whatever part of it I read on that particular night it had such an impact on me I just I remember thinking to myself like what are you what are you doing like what are you actually doing Mm. um your life is not your own Mm. um you know you don't know who you are like you're not being authentic you're not speaking your own words because sometimes in these like you know structured um and fairly strict religious organizations you know a lot of it as I said it is very dogmatic where you're having to sort of say things that you're being told you need to say and I was told I needed to dress a certain way and I wasn't allowed to kind of dress how I would want to dress and say the things that I would want to say and I just suddenly looked to myself and was like yeah like basically what am I doing and that that imagery of Laloba like singing over the bones mm. and that imagery of the wolf in that story running and off into the night like, laughing when she's brought back to life yeah yeah I just like yeah it was what I, it was what I needed and I think now when I look back like it was actually like mm. goddess kind of coming in and being like this isn't where you're meant to be um come on like let's get you out of here kind of thing and um I think the next day it may have even been the next day I was so like emboldened by that story that I just went to yeah it's like my boss and was like I can't stay here anymore I need to go home like and actually my at the time my mom had got breast cancer as well and I was like I think I just want to go home I want to be with my mom and this this I feel like I'm wearing someone else's life you know um 
so yeah I always like say like women who run with the wolves has like basically like saved my life oh and I'm sure you are not the first person to say that as well there is like you say something about reading (laughs) her words and um it's like a a knife through the noise um you're suddenly like oh (laughs) it's like undeniably like oh yeah yeah I think I understand what's going on and it it, to I'm 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 rereading it at the moment that's why it's so vivid in my mind and what you're talking about and it's just and I knew it was going to be like this when I first read it that each time I read it it would mean something different because it's so multi-layered um and she's I mean it's so dense and and also I think I'd I the first copy I had I'd borrowed it from someone and halfway or less than halfway through I realized I cannot read this book like it's borrowed from someone because I'm trying to read it quickly and that is not how this book has been written it you need to go the journey and delve into page by page and yeah it's a massive book isn't it (laughs) Well, I'm actually doing a um a course at the moment. It started uh, towards the beginning of the year, and it's it's a year long immersion into yeah. women who run with the wolves. Um, and it's called Fairy Tale Medicine with um an incredible woman called Claire Jasmine Beloved, and we basically like study one of the stories for about five or six weeks and then there's all these journaling prompts and art projects and um and then we have like a a circle every week where we can talk about it and it's just been the most incredible thing I mean how remarkable is that that you can do a year-long course on a book that it, it breeds so much creativity so much thought so much inspiration it's just yeah quite something (laughs) I mean it's amazing and it's you know like I said that book it just seems to have like been with me for so long because I think I've been back in the UK now for six years it'll be six years at Christmas I think um so I've sort of been carrying that book in my heart for you know just over six years and then when I got back to the UK and as I said I trained trained to be a yoga teacher because I thought that would be a really nice way of balancing the spirituality that I've fallen in love with but delivering it in a much more kind of accessible um way rather than it having to be through like a religion per se um and then I remember one night like on on my computer typing in maybe typing in like the wild woman or women who run with the wolves and then that's when I came across the wild woman project and um and then again it was one of those like magical timings because I think on the website it was like do you want to train to be a circle facilitator with the Wildman project and I was like yes yes I do (laughs) (laughs) I had no money I was like I'm just gonna get a credit card (laughs) and put it on there I felt like I had to do it so badly that I didn't even you know money wasn't an option I was like I just have to get a credit card get this course and um and again it was just like that because that book is is, you know is, is such an important part of the Wildman project and Chris's work who um founded it so and that was like another like beautiful healing thing to um to immerse myself in uh, for I think it was a few months and then that's what's led you to holding your women's circles it was through the Wild Woman project 
yeah 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 um which the other ones that I've been to and you yeah you, they're really they're really amazing because you explore is that there's sort of an overarching annual theme and then you're also taking into consideration season um astrology elements uh I, I mean you can tell tell everyone better than I can <laughs> what yeah I mean I yeah that's exactly right what you've said so it's that was I think that was the like beautiful thing about about the Wild Woman Project is that you when you do your training and then after you've qualified um you are then put in this group with everybody where Chris basically gives um the theme each month so she's like this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to focus on and then you've got a bit of a structure that you can then work with so it's fantastic if you're starting Mm -hmm. out and you're kind of not quite sure you know how to craft themes or how to um sort of necessarily come up with meditations and yeah she'll have a theme for the whole year and then a different theme each circle each month but I have to say since moving on since moving online like I have sort of ended up kind of going off in a different direction now so my heart is still very much in the wild woman project but I'm doing a slightly different thing with my circles now because I got really um taken in in the nicest possible way by goddess and I was like I actually want to do more um circles that are more kind of based around the goddess and I wanted to be able to like craft my own themes and content so I've sort of ended up moving away from it but just because I've kind of gone off in a different direction well and and like you say that that was the training really the the training ground for you to be able to craft you know that we all have to start somewhere don't we and um and also what I found quite exciting about um, the circle when you were hosting them under the Wild Women Project umbrella was the idea that women internationally were all meeting in circle under the same theme it's yeah. almost like it gave yeah. it even more charge the fact that there was a grand yeah. like uh, uh, there's a larger circle happening not just an individual one and you know all meeting at the same time and I mean that stands true for any women's circle I you know I often think this at the full moon or at the dark moon or when we're celebrating a certain season or festival I just think gosh there will be so many women right now right in this moment all doing this and it's it gives me chills honestly it's like we're just sending that goddess power like we're raising it up it's so cool it's such a beautiful thing to connect with and like sometimes we will do that actually as part of our um opening meditation is just to visualize like all the other women that are gathered at that time um and then all the women that have gathered in the past um and I think I think particularly at this time of year you know as we've been like moving through Samhain season it's really nice to reflect on the freedom you know that we have to to do that because it's not always been the case mm. and still isn't the case you know in some places of the world yeah it's uh it, i often think that women were just slowly quietly creeping out of the shadows and we're seeing these beacons of light like feminine spirituality and circles and goddess and we're all a bit reluctant and scared but something's kind of calling us out and into 
into them and it's this and I, it must be a, a dna based fear of well am i not going to be in danger if i if i do that there's sort of reluctance mm. but in, uh, curiosity um and you're right like it's not it's it's recent history where women couldn't have met like that and so so openly it be about goddess or it be about the elements or nature you know that was seen as clearly has been seen in history as a great threat and that will be because it raises our power up <laughs> without a doubt yeah it, I mean you know I remember when I um when I qualified and uh, I thought okay I'll I'll advertise a circle and I really I thought is anyone even going to come you know I hadn't seen many women's circles this is back when I was living in Shrewsbury and um, I was working at Neil's Yards at the time, um, like part time, which I loved. Beautiful, um, beautiful products. Yeah. <laughs> and everything. I know it's such a lush, um, lovely place to work. Uh, and my manager, he's become one of my absolutely dearest friends. I was like, well, can maybe could I host it here because we had these beautiful therapy rooms? And she's like, yeah. And um, I was like, I'll feel really comfortable here. And then if no one comes, at least I know that you're, <laughs> you know, you yeah, guys are here. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I can just talk to you. <laughs> um, you know, and it was it was overwhelming because um, I had too many people to fill. The space wasn't big enough. Um, at your first one? We, we tried, oh, wow. Yeah, we tried to like huddle in. And I was like, okay, so obviously there is a need for this. Um so that was my, my first and last time at that venue because it's like, this is obviously really needed. Um, and so then I asked my friend if I could use, rent her stu- her yoga studio, which was bigger. And then I think we were having circles of like 30, 40 women. Oh each my time God. And it was just unbelievable. But again, like, yeah, that image that you just um, spoke about of like people coming out of the woodwork, mm. you know, creeping out of the, and I thought it's that like it's you know um women just really wanting that community and that sisterhood and um yeah it was a really beautiful thing to 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 watch happen and um to see unfold and all the friendships that have come from that and the little spin-off groups and um yeah it's been really wonderful oh and you um it's quite interesting thinking about your journey because I always marvel at how you hold space and I've been to your circle where there's been over 30 women and you have such a calm, composed sort of um, way of delivering. You know, I've been to your um, retreat as well and you just gently guide women and give information which is always fascinating and tidbits and point people in directions of where they might find more and they really are magic so yeah it's amazing and then that that kind of gone and I think oh no I was gonna say I think you know when I'm looking at the uh the 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 positives and the the and the beauty of my time in the the Buddhist tradition and in the temples I would say like that's one of the things that I'm really really grateful for because my teachers really pushed me and sometimes they would um they would say not not on purpose it was just events would transpire but they were like really sorry but the teacher can't teach this event and can you do it you'd have five minutes notice and there'd be 300 people oh my gosh (laughs) 
and the one was just like really special like blessing empowerment and the teacher um the second teacher that was guiding the weekend had gotten just gotten really poorly out of the blue so as I said my teacher was like can you do it and it's like oh my god like I'm gonna be sick because the people that are sitting in that temple are like my teachers um but I think that's the thing like the more that you get pushed and pushed into these experiences where you're like that's terrifying I can't do that and then you do it it just fills you with this sense of like confidence and um so for me like now I'm really grateful because I'm like it's not I'm not that nervous if it's like 30 or 40 people well no you've had 200 (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think the the busiest one we did I think was 350 or something like this it was for a um like an overcoming anxiety course wow and uh, I was guiding the meditations on the day and I was just like bricking it because I was like these there's so many eyes on you I mean yeah that that's like <laughs> um, a large scale like event that that isn't a, a small thing a workshop or something that's like you're running a blooming conference that's insane <laughs> Yeah, and you'd have, like, um, because it was such a big crowd, not everyone could see, so then you'd also be on a TV screen um, so that they could, people at the back could see, and you're mic'd up, and I'm just, sometimes I'd just be like, I don't understand, like, how I've gone gone to do this. It's a bit mad. Oh, but, yeah, you're so right, though, that experience, um, it shows, and it shows your comfort and your level of, like, ease in what you do, because you have that experience so I I always sense that off you it's just a just an ease about you and the way you teach and guide and you clearly were always destined to teach because you know you were involved in a community that pushed you to teach they could see that quality in you it's just something you possess I think as well like I do um I I, I, I do love it like even at the times when it has been terrible Oh, I think you've cut out. Are you still there, hun? Oh, no. Have I lost you? Can you hear me? Because I can't hear you anymore. Well, I think I've lost you. So I'm going to end this podcast episode and this will be part one and we'll try again to finish our conversation and create a part two okay so speak to you all soon